everyone. Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm really excited for episode three today. I actually have an Australian, and I don't think we've ever had an Australian before, so I'm really excited to have her. And um, this season is feeling a little international. We had someone who was Cambodian, and then someone who was from Canada, and now Australia, which is nice because people often think because Meal Mentor and GetMealPlans.com is in the U.S. that you have to be in the U.S., and that's not true. We have members from all over the world, and that's actually what my guest today is going to talk about, about making it work in Australia and some kind of differences she's noticed. So without a further ado, welcome, Billy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to well, be here in theory. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And what's funny is we're not even on the same day. So don't tell me how tomorrow is going to work out. I'm not ready for a spoiler. <laughs> I won't give you the lottery numbers then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would like the lottery numbers, actually. <laughs> All right, so obviously you're Australian, and so we are in totally different seasons because right now for me, it's winter. It's like summery, super hot for you, right? Yeah, it has been actually very, very hot. It gets to about, at the moment, it's 47 degrees, which I think is about 110 for you. Holy cow. <laughs> OMG. So I didn't know I got that hot down under. It, it does where I live. Yeah, it gets really hot and then, yeah, fairly cold, but no snow. I wish we had snow. Oh, so in the winter, you don't get snow then? No, no, not at all, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I remember um, when I was in college, there was a girl on my dorm. She was from Australia and she'd come to go to university in the United States. And she had like never even seen snow. And at Christmas time, we had it. And she was like, it's just like in a Hollywood movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never seen real snow either, but um, one day. One, one day. So you live, actually, speaking of Australia, you live in the food and wine capital of Australia. Yes, well, that's, that's what we like to claim. I'm from Adelaide, which is right down the bottom of the map, and we're known for sharks and wine, which don't go the best together. But um, <laughs> They don't sound like they would. No, no, no. Um, but we have the highest amount of restaurants and eating out places per person in Australia, which we only has a small population of a million. So it's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So is it like a, a holiday destination for other Australians though? I guess, yeah, it would be. It's it, A lot of people that do come to visit come for the food and wine festivals that we have oh. in regions. Um, it's got a little area that's kind of like Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them so we do get a lot of tourists for that um yeah that's the first question people ask you when you say when you're from Adelaide is where's your favorite place to eat oh my gosh (laughs) it's like the first thing yeah well now I'm actually taking something you said to me with like a whole new gratitude and flattery because one of the things when we were talking before the podcast when you'd emailed me you said that when you were using the meal plans they really pushed you to try new flavors and some produce you never would have thought of and now knowing this about where you're from I'm like super flattered. Um, I think, I mean, that's one of the big differences. I mean, whilst I think Australians are really adventurous because we're such a multicultural place, um, like the Mexican food, this, like, the thing I love about the meal plans is so much Mexican, which is something we don't have a lot of here. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense culturally. Like we do a lot more Asian or even African and Ethiopian. You see there, those restaurants before you'll see a Mexican restaurant, which even when I've traveled to the States, it's the polar opposite. Yeah, we have a lot of Mexican, especially where I live in California, because we're so close to, you know, Mexico, the West Coast is like populated. But even when I lived in other parts like Colorado and New York, there was still a ton of Mexican food. Yeah, which, and it's amazing. It's turned into like, it's starting to become a bit of a fad food here, but it, it's from what I know, it's very different Mexican to what I think Americans are used to. It's like a very Australianized version of Mexican. Yeah. Can- kangaroo tacos or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember um, some friends of mine honeymooned there and they were big, like carnivorous. And I know you live with a carnivorous. We'll talk about that. But um, they ordered a steak and they had no idea it was kangaroo until like they were like, why is this steak so different? Yeah. It, it, it's a, I've actually never had kangaroo, but I've heard it's quite an acquired taste it's very gamey yeah that's like it was like gamey and chewy I've never had it never will so I don't know I'll just take the word for it but speaking of that so you live where shark is popular and um and your father was a butcher yeah he yeah he was (laughs) not that long ago which yeah people find very amusing and I've been very lucky that he's a very supportive 
butcher. Because <laughs> you have been vegetarian for 20 years. So you had yeah. to have been a kid. I was, yeah, nine years old and I stopped eating meat the day that I've got two older brothers and my dad did the same process with them when he got to, when we got to an age where he thought we could handle it. He took us to a farm and showed us exactly where our food came from and not just the food that we ate, but the, you know, the money that he made for our family. And I, when I found out what an actual lamb was, I couldn't oh, eat goodness. it. Oh goodness. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, you said it was a sheep. I didn't realize it was a little, <laughs> like a little baby. Yeah. I thought it was that uglier one over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The older, you know, like wrinkled one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I, I just stopped after that. I stopped and I don't, I think maybe some kids are just more aware of it. And I've seen that as I've gotten older with friends that have had children, you know, I, I stopped eating eggs about the same age because we had chickens. And I think when you've got a close relationship with the animal, it becomes harder to eat what they've worked for. It, like it seems, yeah. But um, I was lucky that my family supported. They, I mean, I do think they thought I would grow out of it. Yeah, they're probably very optimistic. Yeah, they're like, she'll, she'll get over it. She'll get bored. Um, and I mean, my like coming from a real big meat eating family, all my mum knew how to feed me was steamed, horribly steamed vegetables oh. and some, like awful salad. And I survived on that until I learned to cook for myself, really. Um, but now it's nice seeing them. They've definitely changed their approach to eating as well, especially in the past five years. My dad asks for tofu now. And, wow. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's great. And he, and he says, and I think it's a testament to all vegetarian or vegan cooking, is it's the flavours. It's He always thought it would just be very bland, but it's it's the spices and the herbs and the combinations that you do. Um, so he, I don't think I'll ever change him completely, but he's, you know, made leaps and bounds. Hey, a butcher eating tofu, that's my that's blowing my mind right now. I mean, that's a pretty major thing, so <laughs> there's hope. And he even, like, we used to all have to work in his shop, so I would be a vegetarian, you know, teenager working at a butcher shop. But it, <laughs> it, <laughs> I had to get my pocket money. Yes, um, right. But, it, you know, it, it taught me an appreciation, I guess, for meat eaters, but also taught him. He started making vegetarian sausages to sell in the shop and would Aww. do vegetarian. Um, and they became quite popular. So I think I think we both took something from it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you live with, and you described him as a carnivorous man-child. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear that. Ah, yeah. So he, <laughs> not, close your yeah. ears right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, my partner is a meat eater, and he is what I would call a true meat eater. Like meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes, barbecue, loves it and I think when when I first met him he had no idea what a, you know a vegetarian or a vegan's diet would consist of and you know we went through that whole thing every time he went out to eat he'd be like can you you know it'd be like I ordered a cheese platter you can eat that right and I'm like no, no cheese. <laughs> it went on for about three months and it'd be like oh he's an ice oh you can't eat ice cream and I was like yes so he's learned a lot he's actually doing we're both doing a dry January, but he's also doing a meat and dairy free January oh, as well. Wow. Um, so he's, I'm really lucky in the fact that he's very supportive and he's really enjoyed. He's, so with the meal plans, we've been doing them since November and he's been taking the leftovers as I have for lunch. So he's been eating vegan meals for lunch and he's been really enjoying them actually. Oh, that's so but exciting. It is. It's, I was really, like when I signed up, I was like, oh, we'll just do a month and we'll see what happens because normally I would make a vegan dinner and then, you know, be adding a steak to or chicken because having my background, I don't mind cooking it. I obviously don't begrudge anyone else for eating it. It's, you know, everyone has their own choices and so he would be adding to meals or and sometimes he would eat what I was eating. But he, yeah, he's a semi-changed man. I don't think he'll ever give up forever, but it's definitely, he's seeing the benefits from it. Um, you know, he's feeling better and he's looking better and he's got more energy at work and yeah, it's great. That's awesome. And yeah, even if someone can't ever go, you know, full 100%, just like you said, adding a few of those meals in, I mean, that counts. It makes a difference. You can feel different. You can feel healthier and maybe it'll inspire them to add more and more and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think when you go from, you know, really limited diet with, you know, potatoes is the only vegetable you eat, any amount of grains are going to do the world of good. 
One thing, and when you were talking about him, you described him as a meat and potatoes guy. And I thought that was funny because I always thought that was like an American thing. Like Americans are meat and potatoes and it never would have occurred to me to that Australians would, would be that way. And so you like took me for a shock, but then I realized, wow, we really are kind of like with blinders on about our own cultures. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he's, yeah, his family is Scottish. And so I think, I think a lot of that comes from his family's cooking. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think most Australians are fairly adventurous, I think, um, heavy meat eaters, but adventurous. And I think that's just because of the multicultural, you know, surrounds that we have. Right. And that makes sense. And you guys are also kind of, well, like you said, you're a melting pot, but you're also surrounded by so much different culture. Like there's so many different neighboring countries that are just so different from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Even just in, I mean, the most common international food that we eat here is definitely Asian, but you know, your Southeast Asian food is different to your Indonesian, which is different to your Thai and your Vietnamese. And, um, you know, it doesn't all just get, you know, I mean, when I was younger, you know, say 20, 25 years ago, it would just be called Chinese and that covered everything. Uh, it was at your Chinese takeout and that, that was all you had. Whereas now there's so many different options, even just in that one continent. Right. Yeah, there's like, there's Asian, there's, or not Asian, there's Thai, there's Chinese. And even in Chinese, there's a whole like section of culinary, you know, there's Indonesian, there's what they do in Malaysia, which is very different too. And so that's really cool to see it's expanded just since you were a child. That's a lot of change and not a very long period of time. Not at all. Not at all. So one thing I definitely have to pick your brain about is how you sort of translate meal match recipes. A lot of our members who are in Australia or New Zealand often will do the reverse. Like they'll do um, our, our summer plans and their winter and, you know, kind of swip them. You're kind of like behind a little bit. But yeah. I, I know a lot of people don't do that. They do what's current and they just sort of like tweak it. So I kind of yeah. wanted to hear what you do. Um, I, I do the meal plans as I get them. Sometimes, you know, it might be a bit weather dependent. I mean, when it, when it is, you know, 110 degrees Fahrenheit, you don't want to be eating a soup, really. Right, of course, unless it's a chilled <laughs> soup, like a gazpacho. Yeah. That would be different. Yeah. But like a traditional hot soup. Um, but I just kind of look at the ingredients. I really like to buy seasonal. We have really great produce where we live. So, I mean, for example, all of the recipes lately I've noticed have had beets in them. And, I mean, A, that was something I'd never cooked with uh, whole, like as you guys use them where you roast them. Australians eat a lot of, like, pickled beetroot, cold beetroot and salads. But I, I had never cooked a beetroot. I mean, my mum, she had never cooked a beetroot. Um, I Googled. I had to Google to figure out. <laughs> um but obviously the yeah when you're trying to cook with seasonal vegetables you know it comes very expensive if I wanted to use beetroots because I think they're about 14 you know Australian dollars a kilo which is a lot yeah that sounds like a lot there's no comparative point with a a dollar at the moment but yeah it's a lot um so I just pick out things that I know are going to be in season things that will go nicely with like a side salad or something that's going to make it a little bit fresher tasting um and then marking recipes that I think will be great come winter time like you know the soup and the chowder and things that will be the chilies and stuff like that but then occasionally something just sounds really good and you have to eat it regardless of the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I do too. Like even in our summer, sometimes I'm like, I just really want this and I'm going to eat it. I don't care. It's hot. I'm just fine. Exactly. Sometimes. And I've in the winter. Like sometimes I'm like, I just really want sorbet. I know that it's freezing out right now, but I need to eat this cold, delicious treat. Yeah, it's good all the time. It's good all the time. So one question we get all the time at support is asking about black beans, which I think black beans are so popular in America because they're so popular in Mexican. And as we already discussed, Mexican cuisine is very popular in the United States. Um, Do do you, can you find black beans? And if not, is there a substitute? (laughs) Because I'm always like, what beans do you have there? Let me Google them and see what looks similar. (laughs) In our, like, we have two two main local supermarkets. Uh, I found two different types of canned black beans. One that has just, is just black beans and water or brine, essentially, and the other one does have some added oil, but it's a bit easier to find. Um, but I, probably in the past five years, black beans have popped up, but the one that I find really hard is black-eyed peas. Oh, yeah, those are hard even in America. Oh, my God. I was like, am I crazy? It's like an imaginary ingredient they put into. <laughs> they made <laughs> just, up. 
just for fun. Um, but black beans, there's, yeah, I can find them at Coles and Woolworths in, I wish I could think of the brand, but they're a uh, yellow and red container. Um, the thing that I find confusing with the ingredients though is, and the, when you're converting them is I think a lot of the time your canned goods are different volumes to ours. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. And I don't know if they're, uh, ours are kind of, I think maybe weighed by the entire volume, whereas yours just might be the, the beans. I'm not sure. I think there's something going on there. Yeah, I think that's right. I think ours, if you go to the store and you see a 15 ounce can of beans, I think it's for what's inside the can, like the weight of the can yeah. is not included, but I feel like in Australia and I think even in Europe too, it's the whole weight of the whole shebang. Yeah, I think ours, yeah, because you read it and then you tip out the can and you look at it and you're like, well, that's not much. And then you've kind of got to I pull them out and actually weigh the beans and there's a difference. And um, I think that's something that I've had to learn to stop taking for granted that even when you convert it, you know, this many ounces and this many grams, it's not necessarily the same thing when you take it for, you know, face value off a shelf. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I know too, when I was living in France, I had to bring all of like my American measuring cups and spoons because I was like, I can't, I just, I have to use these. <laughs> and sometimes I would be like in the store with my American cup, like looking at the grain and being like, I think this box would fill this cup. And I'm sure all the other French people thought I was so bizarre, but you know. They probably just thought you were American. I think. They yeah, they're seen. like, what an American. So, so, yeah, <laughs> she's got a, probably not the first time they've seen it and probably not the last. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely added myself. But I was like, I don't know what the grains. Um, yeah, refried beans can actually be hard as well. Oh, yeah. Again, Mexican. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing a pattern. Um, but, yeah, the black beans, I, I don't have an issue that Coles and Woolworths, which are fairly standard. That's good to hear. What about corn tortillas? Because sometimes our members in Canada sometimes can't even find those. And I'm like, what? They're so good. I I did have initially some trouble. And then I found one, like one store that had them. And oh. I just, I know if I want them, I have to go to that one. But the it's actually, a, it's a Coles supermarket, which is all around Australia. And they have actually said, because I was like, do you normally stock these? I've never seen these. I want, I want them. And I had like five. <laughs> in my like piled up and they said that all coals are willing if they coals generally stock something and their store doesn't have it they can order it in um, oh wow that's so nice of them yeah which i thought was really great because yeah if you know it saves you having to travel to go get something or um you can get it a bit more locally very good to know i'll have to note that and i know we in the forums there's a couple of threads dedicated to people who live in australia and new zealand so we'll definitely have to m mention that there um but sort of Coming back to something you've said earlier, one, of course, you live in the food and wine capital of Australia, um, but also you're young and you were also talked about when you were dating, it's, it can be so hard to try to balance eating healthy with being social, especially today because an active social life usually revolves around food. Oh, yeah. Food and or alcohol. Yeah. Um, and I feel like where you live, since food and alcohol is like the thing, it's even harder for you than, say, someone like me. So how do you kind of manage and balance? When I was single or dating or however you want to look at it, I definitely found it harder. Um, because, I mean, if you if you go out and meet someone, it is, it is for a drink or it is for dinner or something like that. Um, I think putting yourself in control of where you go can help but you know I think you feel a lot more comfortable if you know if it's a type of cuisine that's a little bit easier to eat at like I've always found yeah Asian style restaurants are easier um you know you can order thing you know you can kind of control your portions a little bit you can not have something with rice or you can avoid fried food a little bit more um I think planning your week definitely helps that's something that whilst I don't go out as much anymore I, I really try and limit it to either one meal out or one meal and alcohol night out or one of each. So if I have to go out twice um, and I'll, I'll try not to drink when I go out and eat or vice versa. Um, and yeah, I think planning your week. So I, and then you can balance your meals a little bit better. If you know, you're going to be going out on Friday night and you know, you know, you have to eat when you go out, you know, having a lighter breakfast and lunch and, you know, being organized for the rest of your week. Cause if you, I mean, it's life. We do all go eat out, but 
if you're eating out and you're eating, you know, like oil, something you might not normally eat and you don't have as much control, you know, one meal out of the 21 that you're eating a week isn't that bad. That's very true. That's very true. Um, and I think, you know, having leniency with yourself, that one bad meal is no reason to give up for the other 20 meals that you're going to be eating. Exactly. Yes. I'm always saying that don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I think is probably a very American saying and might sound very strange to everyone else. <laughs> now that I've said it. Um, yeah. But I think that's something you really, you can't just wake up and do. It's something that, you know, I think, and maybe it's just a, a maybe it's a woman thing. Maybe it's a man thing. Um, but I know I've, I struggled with that with my whole life, just going, oh, I've eaten one biscuit or I've eaten yeah one meal out and just gone like ham and eaten, every, and eaten everything I could order. And uh-huh. uh, that's no reason to tomorrow continue with that trend. Um, and that, that comes with time. Like that's not something you can read a book on and then you're good. I agree. And I've had those, you know, I screw it moments. Oh, I've already failed so bad at my diet today. I'm just going to plow through this whole cake. Um, yeah. I think everyone does it at some point. If you never have, you are an amazing person and I can learn from you. But um, I think you're right too. I think it just takes learning and practice because it's so easy. Even now, all these years later, I still struggle with that sometimes. Like, oh gosh, you know, I've I've already screwed up. Let me just give up. And it's like, stop digging. You know, stop digging the hole deeper. <laughs> exactly. Because the, 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 exactly, the deeper your hole that you make yourself, the harder it is to get out. Um, yeah, if it's just a little bit, you can pick yourself up the next day and you're fine. And that, that's, it's human. It's what we're meant to do. Um, it'd be a very dull and boring life if we never went out and um, never had any fun. Absolutely. And I mean, I say all the time, oh, try to do social things that aren't around food, but it is hard. And I'm lucky that a lot of my friends will be cool with going for a hike or something, but it's still really hard. I mean, this week um, we met this couple and we've been meaning to get together for a while and finally um they're like yeah let's go to lunch and I'm like (sighs) and so I'm like um well you guys really like art right and they're like sure and I'm like okay great so how about we go to this art museum this art gallery and check out art together and they're like oh that sounds amazing and where do you want to eat after (laughs) I I circled for like five minutes and finally I was like we're just gonna have to eat with this couple (laughs) Because I try to be like, oh, well, let's go to yoga after because that's where we met them. We're like, we can go to the art museum, then we can catch a yoga class. And they're like, great. And then where will we eat? I'm like, we're just going to eat. We're just going to have to eat. We're going to have to do it. Bite the bullet. (laughs) You poor person. (laughs) It's like, it's cool. And they're going to be like, look at this chick ordering a salad. But it's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be, I'm sure they'll be understanding, but it's, I guess it's, I mean, the great thing about what you do is, you know, that lunch might be a a chance to talk to them and, you know, kind of change their opinions on what a social situation can be. And then maybe next time you can do something else. Yes, exactly. It is an opportunity. And it's important to remember that. I know when we all feel frustrated, we just want to feel defeated and frustrated, but we can remember it's an opportunity to educate and change the future. Exactly. Um, I'm sure it's something men, I don't, I mean, Australian has a, a very big drinking culture and I'm sure it's something I, I haven't noticed a lot of men floating around on the forums, but um, I'm, oh, sure yeah. I'm sure it's something they really struggle with because, I mean, here it's what do you do after work with your mates? You go to the pub mm-hmm. and it must be really hard for them to not feel like they're isolating themselves or getting, you know, kind of that anxiety over it, you know, if they do have to go out. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because... Yeah, there, it was very female dominated, like the forums and the private Facebook group. It was so female dominated. And for a while, we had this one guy, Ron, who's actually been on the podcast and everyone loves him. And um, there was like a few other guys who popped in here or there. And but I've noticed and one of them was like, Lindsay, can you say something to like rally the men together? And so I created a like men's thread in the forums and none of them even replied (laughs) even though I could see like 80 of them viewed it none of them actually like introduced themselves and like what is going on with these guys um but what's interesting is because we just had the annual sale and so we have all these new people who've just joined for a year and um I always process the request to let people in the Facebook group and this is the first time that I've not only had men asking to join the group but so many there was like 20 or 30 guys who joined and I've never seen guys 
asked to join before, let alone as account holders. I'm like, oh, it must be their wife. Their wife must have bought the meal plans. Yeah. And yeah. their wife is making them join the group for moral support. Nope, the account's in their name. And so I was like, wow, maybe, maybe we're going to have some guys. 2016, the year of the man, apparently. The year of the man, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I love our girls group, but sometimes I do feel like there's got to be some guys lurking in there going like, are these ladies going to ever, sh you know, sh about <laughs> pant sizes in their bras? <laughs> and it's funny, too, because like my husband, um, people will ask him all the time. They'll just be like, oh, so you're not like, you don't eat like your wife. And he's like, oh, I do. <laughs> Or well, he'll he'll go out with his friends, and it's the same thing. It's it's a very um, in America, it's a very thing. Oh, we're gonna watch football and drink beer and eat pizza and chicken wings. And Scott's like, I'll drink the beer. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, but I really don't want to. I don't want to drink that much. It's like so. He's like, I'm trying to sip it slowly, and then it's warm. And anyone who's had warm beer knows it's not delicious. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean. I, I definitely, I mean, this with Australian drinking culture, something I always find if I'm going out and I have to go to something social for my partner's work or something like that. And, you know, the first thing, I mean, as a woman, if you're not drinking, people assume you're pregnant. It's the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Really? Like, up, yeah. I'll be like, I'll just have, you know, like a, a sparkling water or a juice or something. They're like, oh, and they look at you and you're like, no, I no. just, I don't. Alcohol. Thanks. Yeah. I'm having a dry January. Thanks. Yeah. But I usually find I end up getting like a little sparkling water with some lemon in it and people think it's a vodka or something and they leave you alone. <laughs> I do that too when I go and because there's like such a pressure to drink with other people. And I and it, sometimes it's in my own head and I know I'm doing it and my friends really don't care, but sometimes they do care. But yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, can I have it? And can you put it in a drink glass? Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, I need you to put that in a martini glass for me. I will pay you a nice tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're not alone doing that. No, I know. I'm like, it's, I, mm. and sometimes I'll be like, can you just add like a drop of cranberry juice so it looks pink? I mean, I'm really in the, they, I, they never look at me too odd. So I feel like I'm not alone in my um, magic. <laughs> so another question I have for you, because you live in the food and wine capital, do you actually, do you have vegan restaurants there or restaurants that do vegan menus? Um, yeah. And that's uh, something that, I've definitely seen grow and grow and grow as a, you know, since I was a kid. Um, when I was about 12 or 13, my oldest brother was dating a vegan and that was really unusual then, like a full vegan, um, you know, no leather, no this, no that. And it, it was really strange. And there was one restaurant in town. It was actually a Hare Krishna type place. And she took me and I was kind of like, okay, I don't eat meat, but this is strange to me. <laughs> I would be taken to, you know, an Italian restaurant with my family and I'd, you know, you'd have a vegetarian pasta or something like that or a salad or whatever. Um, and it was a completely culture shock. And I mean, since then, I mean, on one street, there might be two or so places. When you go to markets, there'll be big vegan or vegetarian stands. Uh, it's quite a I don't want to use the word hippie, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of openness about the lifestyle now. And it's, you know, when you, even if you go to a restaurant that isn't vegetarian or vegan specified, you know, you go to a, you know, like a had a really beautiful restaurant for whatever the occasion is and you ring up and you tell them and everyone is really accommodating. No one thinks it's strange. Um, and I've, some of the, actually the best vegan meals I've ever had have been at non-vegan restaurants. Me too. I actually find that as well. Um, and people are always surprised and it's, yeah, but it is often is. And a lot of times it's places I've walked into not expecting to have maybe anything except a sad little salad. And yeah. then they just came and whipped up the most incredible meal for me. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's an testament to the chef. If they really love what they're doing, it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, what ingredients they're leaving out or adding to. Um, that's yeah, a good point. And I don't think it's something, you know, maybe it's people who are new to not just the meal plans, but, you know, this type of lifestyle is you should never be ashamed or scared to ask because, Nine, like actually 10 times out of 10, I can't remember the last time I had an issue. Um, and, you know, the more I, th I think, you know, when you go out and you're eating different meals, it gives you inspiration to eat at home as like to make things at home as well. Yeah. And um, that was something I was really shy and timid. I always felt like I was inconveniencing someone or I felt bad. And I don't know who it was, but someone's like, you're paying for something to be made your way. It's okay to ask for what you want. And I was like, that's a good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I remember even 
when I was younger and I had friends, you know, when you start getting your first jobs and I had a friend that worked at McDonald's and she used to actually comment on how many cheeseburgers they'd make a day that didn't actually have meat or cheese in them. Um, I thought, I was like, even if if you can go to McDonald's and get them to make something for you, then why can't you do it? Yeah, if you can go to McDonald's and get them to make you a hamburger without the actual burger or the cheese... I think you're gonna be okay anywhere. Sauce on a bun. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. Another thing too, and I guess this just goes to show you about again blinders and stereotypes of our own culture is I never would have thought Australians were a drinking country or that drinking was so heavily part of your culture. Had no idea. Just found that out. But I think I. I mean, I would. I'd be actually very interested to see some. T- statistics in it but i would have to say we're probably one of the worst especially for binge drinking really Um, oh my lord um and that's you know it's something that comes with age and certain states i think are worse for it i mean growing up where we do i think you know most parents drink wine and they'll encourage you to have a bit of wine like the bit that i'm in is a little bit more european where you know you probably have wine with dinner from when you're about 14 or 15 and, um, you know, you, you know, you learn kind of moderation a little bit every night is better than going out and drinking God knows what and bottles and bottles and bottles of it. Um, but I think there's a really big problem with it in Australia. Huh. That's really interesting. I mean, I, I feel like everyone always assumes like Irish Ireland, but actually I went to Ireland. I spent a while there and I really didn't get the feel that they were like heavy as yeah. heavy drinkers. I feel like it was common to drink a beer, but not like, ah, hmm. yeah. Um, and it, and I, I think, yeah, a lot of it is social. It's, you know, what do you do after work on Friday? Well, everyone goes to the pub. That's what you do. And if you don't go to the pub, you know, that that's kind of your social scene not down. And and from a young age, I mean, our legal drinking age is 18 as well. Yeah, I think everywhere but here in America, it's that. And um, so I'm always curious. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe we should lower it. And then I'm like, no, it's a bad choice. No, you, yeah, no, I, I think it should be 21. Um, definitely, definitely. So I Googled and Australia is not the leader. It's actually Lithuania. And I've been there too. And I'm very surprised by this, but it's like Lithuania and Austria, Austria, again, surprised. And then Estonia, Czech Republic, Russia, Hungary, France, Luxembourg, Germany, Poland, Ireland, Portugal, Switzerland, and then finally Australia. (laughs) So it's definitely towards the top, but not the top. Uh, Maybe you find some solace in that. Yeah. Yeah. A a little maybe. (laughs) I mean, America's a few behind just so we're not doing a whole lot better. But um, I was just like, this is so random. And what's funny is then it starts to be like a lot of really cold, cold places. And I'm like, well, that explains that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, I, yeah, Russia I know, has a lot of issues with it. I mean, the climate. And I know a lot of people get depressed because of the climate as well. And yeah, um, so I'm sure a lot of that goes hand in hand. Uh, that's funny. And, you know, who knows? It might not be right. But um <laughs> Either way, I, I've checked a few lists now because I just looked at Wikipedia just to compare. And, and Australia is still like down in the se- second half in the 10 to 20 range. So, okay, good job, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I actually um, remember now that I'm thinking of it, I just watched a documentary on Netflix about beer and they went to like some beer fest in Australia. And I think it was actually where you live. And now I'm just finding this all full circle and hilarious. Is it was it called the Schutzenfest by any chance? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that is so close to my house. Um, no, really. <laughs> oh, maybe you were in it. And I didn't know. <laughs> you were like I'll... walking in the corner. You were like a, you know a daisy <laughs> in the background. <laughs> no, yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. Even that since um, I've been younger, they used to. This is a it's a German beer festival because we have a really strong German heritage. Yeah, that's what this was. It was about all these different like German Oktoberfest beer festival competition things. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they've gone from having the glass steins to um, which are the big glasses to cutting them down and having plastic because they we have such a drinking problem and they trust people with gla- glass glasses anymore. And I just think that's so sad. I noticed in like the last couple of years at a lot of really big venues, like concerts and things like that, we've also switched to like metal or bottles. Um, but I don't think it's a trust issue. I think it's more of a danger because people drop them. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, I guess safety first. But although when I was in Germany for Oktoberfest, I went for my 30th birthday, actually. I Everything was glass. I could barely hold it. It was... Um, they're really, really heavy when they're full. I should have done some curls for the girls at the gym before I left. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't pick this up. I need two hands and someone else's hand. Or a straw. Just leave it on the table. Or a straw, yeah. And what was amazing is there were these girls who were smaller than me, these tiny little things, um, these, I think they call them beer maids and they were carrying like eight of them full of beer. I'm like, I can't lift one. No, they must have to do training for it. I've seen the same thing. And I just think you must've been training since you were about 15 to do this for a job. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand how you're doing this. I'm so amazed. I just, am going to stare at you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> Is the so I guess coming back to the food. So here, at, at least where I live in Los Angeles, though I think it's really true of everywhere in America. A lot of times, the vegan restaurant food, while good, is not the healthiest, and so that is often why I end up going to the non-vegan restaurant because not only is the food good there, but it also tends to be a little bit lighter and healthier too. Is is that sort of what you oh, experience? Absolutely, absolutely. Occasionally, you find some that you know aren't that way, but. Like my guilty pleasure one is they do what I call like a vegan KFC chicken. And it's just basically, it's, you know, like you, you're vegan gluten and then they fry it and they herb it and you, you eat it and you're like, this is like a chemical shitstorm. This is going to kill me. <laughs> but it is so tasty. But it's but so good. I, mean, I think it has the positive in that it does teach people who maybe haven't been exposed to the lifestyle that it it's not just a salad all the time. You know, there That's are a things. That's good point. Mm-hmm. But it's something that has to be, you know, eaten in moderation. And it's it's kind of the same story when you get people that's, you know, like I, I'm not a stick thin person by any means. And when people find out I'm a vegan, they're like, oh, but you're not skinny. And it's, you know, it's more about what you eat, I think. Being vegan doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy, I think is the moral of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Health, it, you know, healthy comes in all shapes and sizes. So does unhealth. And it's true of all diets. I mean, you can line up a whole bunch of omnivores. Some of them look, you know, really fit or thin and some don't. And it's, it's their bodies. And like you said, you have to do what's right for you and how you feel. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's definitely what, you know, like your vegan junk food places around. Yeah, I think we got into this in the last podcast too, where um, we were saying that I think a lot of people, especially when they first, well, people who aren't vegan or plant-based especially, but also when people first become vegan or plant-based, they think because it says it's vegan that it it's healthy. And certainly vegan things can be healthy, but Oreos, French fries, I mean, there's, a, like you said, that fried seitan chicken thing, which by the way, yeah. does sound delicious. Not it's healthy. <laughs> no, not at all. Even like the, you know, you you process like veggie patties that you get into the store that, you know, they might read like a quinoa vegan veggie patty, but when you actually look at it, like it's rubbish. It's absolutely rubbish. It might as well be cardboard. Right. I remember I was looking at something. It's like whole foods, quinoa, kale, vegetables. I'm like, wow. And then I looked at the back and I'm like, first of all, the ingredients take the entire back of this carton and I still can't pronounce like half of them. And, and kale's the last one on the and list. And kale is literally the last one on the list. <laughs> and I was like, did someone just throw like half of like a corner of a leaf in there to be like, look. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can't ever believe what's on the front of the box because it's marketing. You can't ever believe it. Not at all. Not at all. And that's why, you know, education, I think, is a big part of it. Um, Absolutely. And um, I always, I mean, when I first was uh, – vegan I definitely was living off like pasta and french fries and I'm like why why am I not feeling any better and it's like because I yeah. need to eat vegetables <laughs> yeah abs- absolutely but I mean my think kind of the pencil drop for me when someone told me you know like someone had struggled with their weight but has eaten what I thought was healthy because I wasn't eating meat or dairy and stuff like that is you know potatoes have never made you fat and I was like well, you're right. Actually, it's 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 the oil, it's the you know, vegan sour cream, it's all those the sugary ketchup, it's all that other stuff. Yeah, it's um, not the actual vegetable. Uh, yeah, it's no, just the, keeping really bad company. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and that's why I think yeah, education is a a, lo- a big part of it that comes, but that's something that comes with time when you start eating this way. Yeah, there's a, a chain restaurant here. They're kind of like a vegan McDonald's and there's several locations. And a lot of my omnivore friends are like, oh my God, I love it. I go there all the time. It's so delicious. And it is good. And they're like, and it's so healthy. I'm like, no, everything is deep fried. May as well be eating McDonald's. Like, yeah, I was matter. like, you're really, 
And but like you said, it's really great because I think a lot of times it opens people up. I think a lot of people think that if you don't eat meat or you don't eat cheese, like it's just salads or gross or bland. And, and this can really show them that it's not, and it can be just as good. And two, it can help people when they're transitioning. I know my husband, for example, was really stressed out about never having pizza again. And <laughs> vegan cheese really made save yeah. the marriage. <laughs> and if, if that's what it takes, then it's same. The first meal I ever cooked for my partner when we were dating was vegan mac and cheese. There you go. I was, and he was like, you know, cook something that you want to eat because, you know, you've, you've got to eat. So I was like, no, I'll cook some meat as well. And he's like, no, just make something vegan. And I was like, okay. Um, and I was like, vegan mac and cheese. Everyone loves mac and cheese. It's pasture. It's creamy. You can make garlic bread with it. And, yeah, I think that was something that kind of helped. What's, that, what's really funny, that you, again, blinders. Um, I had two Australians at my Thanksgiving this year, and it was their first time ever eating at a – um, American Thanksgiving. And normally I would not make macaroni and cheese for Thanksgiving, but my husband insisted six ways from Sunday. And the two Australians had never had macaroni and cheese before. And so I'm like, oh, it's an American food. Of course. And now you're like, I made it. I'm like, wait, wait. Okay. Again with the stereotypes and the blinders. Um, I guess they never had it or they didn't remember it or I don't know. They were so confused all of Thanksgiving. I mean, there were so many questions. It was really fun. It was really cool to like see their responses and their reactions. But at the same time, I was like, wow, you just when you grow up with something and you know it as your normal, you never see it with an outsider's eye to realize how really odd and bizarre it can be (laughs) to someone else. But that's right. So mac and cheese is common in Australia, I take it. It's I maybe it's a, it's an age an age thing maybe I mean it's something I never grew up with I probably wouldn't have had it until I was probably you know in my early twenties and that would have been out of my own hunting it down like you would never find it in a restaurant or a cafe you, your mum probably didn't make it but okay that because of their age this is making more sense now yeah um and I think um whereas. I mean, Australian culture has definitely become more Americanized. Um, there is more, like, there's, it's, American's a bit of a fad thing, especially with food at the moment, you know. Not f- three, four years ago, no one would have known what a chili cheese fry was. Um, or oh, gosh, they're there? I feel like we're just infecting them. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, now it's, like, a real fad thing to go to, like, an American, like, themed diner or something like that. Um, and you know, that's come through with, you know, like the basketball culture and stuff that we've never ever had before. And I think that's where Mac and cheese has probably popped up. Um, and you know, it's something now that, you know, I'll probably, if I ever have children, we'll probably make my kids and I'm sure it'll become more and more and more of a common thing. But, um, I, and you know, I'm sure younger kids, you know, a 16 or 15 year old now has probably eaten it a ton of times. Oh my gosh. Well, you're, because we do a lot of healthy versions of very typical American junk foods on the meal plans. Yes, You're yes. just going to be like the bomb diggity ahead of your class. And I'll show you. I am. I'm like, yeah, cheeseburger, the casserole. I was like, this is like, I've got ke- or Big Mac potato I've seen. I was yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> Again, the eyes of someone else. Oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, I did have one last question before we go, um, which we talked a, lot, a little bit about already is the supplements. So in the last, mm. the last year, but even the last six months, so, like um vegan versions of cheese and meats and I mean it's exploded there's so much yeah. when I was a vegetarian child like you you I I was like seven or eight same thing I saw an animal that was it um there was like one veggie burger at the store and it was gross yeah. and it smelled bad and it tasted bad but now there's like 50 brands maybe more I mean it's just exploded is there a lot in Australia do you guys have a lot of like the substitutes it's it's definitely growing like you said like even in the past yeah eight years it just grows and grows and grows and grows there was one type of cheese there was yeah one foul veggie hot dog um and that but I find a lot of the ones that we are actually getting are from you so we get the oh. two um the cheesily I think that's American no I don't no it's definitely not ours it's two foodie American foodie is yeah um, there's a few, and I, I mean, when you read, I the mean, maybe cheesily is, and I've never heard of it, but I want to say I saw that in the UK. Okay, maybe I don't know. Um, and same as like, uh, you know, when you go to like a vegan supermarket, a lot of the nut cheeses and stuff are brought in from California. So I think as it gets bigger for you, it trickles down and it gets bigger for us. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah, there's really only one part of Australia which is called Byron Bay that you see a lot of vegan stuff come out of but that tends not to be the more processed stuff it's more um you know 
fermented kimchi and stuff like that. That was going to be my next question if you had a sort of vegan Mecca in Australia, because we have a few in in um, America, like Portland's really well known, Asheville, North Carolina is really well known, um, Brooklyn, New York. So it's it's cool to hear that there's kind of one of those in Australia too. Absolutely. Yeah. Byron Bay, which is a beautiful kind of like, it's a very surfy town. Like it's very relaxed and um, yeah, there's a, like, it's a very small little place, but on their main drag, there's, you know, eight vegan restaurants and all the other places are really accommodating. And it's, it's a great, great place to go as a vegan because, you know, you don't just have one option on the menu. You can, you know, go to places that are catered for you and eat whatever you want. It's, it's great. That's awesome. So you um, mentioned earlier, because now I'm curious, you mentioned earlier that you've been a vegetarian since you were nine. So about 20 years. And I know you've been vegan for like the last six of them, but you mentioned um, when you were younger, your boyfriend or your brother had a girlfriend that was vegan and that was entirely uncommon. And so I'm assuming so was vegetarian for the most part. Is it more common now? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, occasionally, and it's probably just more the older generation when, you know, they, they look, usually it happens, like say a lady that I work with, you know, I might be eating my lunch and she'll say, oh, I know, I never see you eat meat. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm actually a vegan. They go, oh, so you don't eat meat. And they kind of don't grasp the whole concept of that. It's everything encompassing, you know, an animal. Right. Yeah. Um, And you, you do find with the older generation, you have to repeat yourself a lot, (laughs) but I do, I mean, it might be more that as you get older, your eyes are open to it more, but, and, you know, the easier it becomes for people to have the option, you know, it, the more people that become vegetarian or vegan. Um, and it also might be, I might notice it a lot because, you know, Adelaide where we live is, you know, very open to that. It's very easy. Whereas if you went to, you know, a smaller country town, it's probably still very unusual because it's hard for people to eat that way. All right, and the last thing I'm going to ask you is for some kind of traditional or cliche Australian dishes because I'm feeling like I need to put those on the meal plan for you. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I've had, you know, whilst I've been traveling, people ask this all the time. But, <laughs> no, well, not not for the meal plans, but, um, you know, what what's an Australian dish? And, you know, modern Australian cuisine is really encompassing of other places. I mean... Like we have like a potato salad, but it's really a, like a, what I'd call like a German potato salad or, um, you know, real Australian fruit is probably a bit hard to veganize where it's like, you know, like a, a roast and roast veggies or oh. uh, pavlova. Do you guys have pavlova? I've heard of it. It's like a, like a meringue, I guess, essentially like a, like a fresh meringue where it hasn't quite hardened. Like it's an egg white thing. So it's like a like, soft kind of custard. It's probably like a custard. No, no it's no. like... No, I'm, you have to Google it. I have I'm no idea how to explain it to someone. I've, I, I've never eaten one because I stopped eating eggs when I was so young. But um, it's, yeah, I can't, like a meringue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. mm, I know, yeah. Everybody Google pavlova <laughs> because there's no way that I'm going to be able to describe this. Like a white cloud. of Yeah, it's like a white fluffy cloud, sort of like whipped cream, but not really. Yeah. We do a co- and what's popular with American vegans is like doing this thing with coconut milk fat that kind of whips it like this. I think this is probably about the closest I can think of that. Yeah, it's I, it, but it's got a really. It looks like it has a really unusual, like almost like it looks like a cloud. Yeah, it does. It looks like a, they're very cute and people decorate and they look lovely. But um, that's a very Australian food. Um, and really, because I'm reading that it's like based named after a Russian ballerina. <laughs> It's not a very Australian name. Your like cuisine is like really apparently multinational. That's what it is. Um, <gasps> like a meat pie is probably quite like a savory pie. Meat oh, pie okay. is very Australian. Um, we don't really eat sweet. Like you know, like you guys would have like a cherry pie or apple pie. That's a bit more unusual. Um, and we like if someone says a pie, you assume it's like a sweet. Uh, sorry, a savory like meat a pie. meat pie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, that's the thing with Australia, like grow, growing up, most people, it was either very British cuisine. So like corned beef and um, like beef Wellington and just really British food, I think, for most people. Um, and then as you get older, it's really influenced by everything else around us. So Asian and Indian and yeah, African food and stuff like that. Okay, so I had to Google what is the traditional food of Australia and it says snags. <laughs> And tomato oh, oh, sauce. 
And what? Snags and tomato sauce. Tomato, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what a snag is. I don't know that I want to know what a snag is. It's just a basic meat sausage. Don't be scared. And then it's like, and barbecue. (laughs) Literally, that's all it says. That would, I'm impressed it says that. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, she really wasn't joking. No, that's like every time someone asks me, I'm like, there, there is nothing. Like it is like nothing. But I think that's really great about Australia. It makes us really that unique. That is awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's a really unique kind of uh, eating experience. Well, we will not be having snags on the meal plan. Sorry. <laughs> I know what you could translate, but I'll have a think. If I think of something, I'll, I'll get back to you. Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> Some like mock crocodile or something, maybe. Yeah, I just like what, I don't. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like oh, I'm doing this. I think we did a blooming onion once, which is like the bastardization of the outback steakhouse, which is yeah, what yeah. Americans think Australians eat. So I'm saying the funniest places you go there, and you're like, I've never heard of any of this. I know. I went with my Australian friends once, and they were just like, "This is." just offensive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah that's kind of how I feel on your behalf yeah <laughs> but I feel that way a lot of times too like when I um travel abroad and I find like the American section of the supermarket although it's actually kind of accurate it's like the American section is like Oreos and cake and icing and I'm just like you know that's the little boys and girls are made of yeah. <laughs> it's like no healthy food it's all like pop tarts and yeah. Tablets, and I'm just like, this is the American section, guys. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> what would and you like? What like? What would you put in there if you were doing your own supermarket? Then, um, probably ketchup. Yeah, Americans like, love ketchup. Yeah, ketchup, mac and cheese. I guess, although not again, not the healthiest. Although I didn't see that there. I feel like mustard, yellow mustard, is very yeah. American. But I know that mustard is also common in Germany and France, but it's a different style. <laughs> Yours is like I like French mustard, like it's called, like the brand is French's or something. The ye- in the yellow, yellow, in the yellow French's, yeah. It's yeah. which is hilarious because French mustard is not that yellow mustard. <laughs> Way to be yeah. confusing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have it. I'm gonna have to think about that now. What else? Because I feel like you know burgers are very American, but you couldn't necessarily have that on the shelf in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's same with Australian food, though. Um, it'd be yeah, like chocolate koalas or something. I guess. <laughs> uh. I actually, my favorite food as a kid was these like koala yummy things and they totally marketed them like they're from Australia. I'm sure they weren't, but it was like this wafer with chocolate stuffed in and it was a koala bear. Anyway, they were delicious. And in, in retrospect, I'm like, it's bad guys. And there was like this Dunkaroos thing too. That was really oh, popular. Yeah. Oh, you had those too? We do. Yeah. I think and it was the same thing as like from Australia. And I, as a child, I'm like, Australians, they just have kangaroos and they eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a pet koala. I was like, I need to globally educate myself. Yes, yeah, we d- I didn't ride a koala to school. I'm, I'm glad you know what a dungaroo is. Uh, we were just talking about these a, a few days ago. We we're like, what was the childhood food you loved? <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is they were probably made in America but marketed as Australian, and then Australia probably bought them from America. <laughs> and imported them. And we're like, these are ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has been too much fun having you, Billy. Oh, my gosh, this is so fun. Good. No, thank you. It's been a nice way to spend my afternoon. I know. And it's my night. I'm actually getting ready to go to bed and you're like, you know, having an afternoon tea. It's yeah, magic. Exactly. The internet is magic. I don't want to know about Tuesday, except please email me the lottery numbers, but don't email anyone else. Um, <laughs> no, no, just you. I won't mention it to anyone else. But anyway, thanks again for listening, everyone. My, and thank- um, if you could leave a review, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could leave a review on iTunes, I would really, really appreciate it. Reviews really help. And we, we like to know that you're enjoying us and all of my guests. And if you want to learn more about the meal plans and meal mentor that we've been talking about all night, please visit Get Meal plans.com. Thanks everyone and have a good night.